Hello and welcome to Hugen Hall Podcast, episode 98. Today I am doing an Inspired by the Rune series, but before I jump into that, quickly let me go over the station news. Please feel free to check out my website at www.hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. Feel free to send me emails for show ideas or questions at hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. You can find that on the website. And make sure you subscribe to my RSS feed and my Rune page on my website might be useful for this episode so remember that also read steve's book which you can find by searching Stephen oaks on amazon.com uh he writes books so that's pretty cool you should read them okay let's jump in today i am going to be talking about awas which from my website which has super short definitions is harmonious duality marriage closeness of two uh, the rune poem. I'm going to go ahead and read this one from the Anglo-Saxon rune poem. I always like the rune poems. There's a link to it uh, in the show notes, or you can just search Google rune poems. Um, a. The horse is a joy to princes in the presence of warriors, a steed in the pride of its hoofs, when rich men on horseback bandy words about, and it is ever a source of comfort to the restless. Uh, So a lot of that has to do with horses, and when you think about, like, a horse and the rider, I suppose, there's sort of a harmonious duality there, isn't there? The two work together, sort of, as a unit. You've got the horse and the person, but they work together as a human, uh, a a unit, so there's, like, two people together, which kind of leads you to the other thing of marriage or closeness of two, uh, so very much, this is about the closeness of two people. If you look at it in the entire, um, what would you say, context of the rune poem, it's followed by birth. And the thing that is followed by birth is like that connection between like mother and child, which is again, a closeness of two. So there's a lot of like duality. Closeness of two people here. Um, marriage can be implied. But again, I'm not going over the meaning. I'm going over thoughts inspired by it. But I will mention that Nexus Manus, which is society, so you have the two people. Closeness of two people makes it possible for society to exist. Um, So what does this make me think about? Well, I don't know. Um, I I was just talking to my oldest daughter. She's six. um, Saga. And she was, we're reading this like American girl doll on how to get friends or how to keep friends or something. Anyway, she's all into it. She's really into like having friends right now. And she's got a best friend at school and she's just likes having friends, which I suppose is a thing that humans do. Um, Friends are interesting though. Like we put so much emphasis on friends. Uh... I I just think that's probably important to remember that humans are social creatures. And in this society, it's so easy to, like, not be a social creature. And especially with, like, quarantine, when you're not leaving your house. Or maybe it's opened up enough you are leaving your house, but you're not going out nearly as often as you used to. Um, Making time to get with your friends seems more frivolous these days, I suppose. It seems like you should have a good reason to go out and see your friends since you're, like, 
breaking quarantine by doing that. So I feel like people are hanging out with their friends less. I'm hanging out with my friends less because, you know, you just don't want to make each other sick or whatever. And there's all these weird rules. So it's like I am in a time right now in my life when I'm hanging out with friends significantly less because of the whole quarantine thing. And I think a lot of people are in that place. And some of us are very unaffected. I'm probably one of the ones who's pretty unaffected. Uh, I, I think friends are very important, but I don't value them as much as I should. And when I say that, I mean, I don't, I don't mean I don't care about my friends. I do very much care about my friends. But sometimes I take for granted that friends are important, and sometimes I forget to make the effort to hang out with people because I'll get distracted with something else. Anyway, friendship is really important, and being humans in a human society, it's really important that we be social creatures. And that first social interaction you have is really like between you and your mother. That's like the most primordial. And then between you and your father and between you and the rest of your family, that like nuclear family unit is overall a really strong, important unit. But it's that like connection between you and your mother is the first one because that's a certain closeness that is absolutely necessary to survive just because that's how you get your food right um but like the first few moments it's great it's it's interesting that the first few moments of our lives we need to have a closeness with somebody else if we don't have that closeness to some with somebody else we'll literally die because you won't have any food humans are famously um dependent on their parents as babies and then as children. Um, you know, there are some animals, insects especially, that are not really dependent on their parents. They just go out and do their, their thing. You know, they're born, well, their eggs are laid, and then oftentimes the parent lays, and then the child, offspring, whatever, hatches on its own and just survives on its own. But we are very much not that as humans. We are very social creatures. Um, and that's probably good. Like, uh, I feel like probably because we are so social, we're able to have all of these other um, good things like society and advanced technology and buildings and, you know, all this other stuff. All of that comes about because of the fact that we are social creatures. Um... And, and when you don't have friends and you don't spend time with people, then you do start feeling weird. And I maybe don't spend as much time with my friends anymore, but I am still spending just as much time with my wife and kids. So it's not like I'm living alone with nobody. Uh, I'm still spending a lot of time with other people, just a small number of other people, namely my wife and kids. And then I've been sick this week, so I can't see my sister either because I spend a lot of time with like my sister and her kids and her husband because you know we both have young kids so it kind of makes sense to spend and we're family so it makes sense to spend time together but I haven't seen her in a long while because I keep getting sick and then I don't want to like get her kids sick because then that gets like you know you know if you have kids how much like disease just like spreads to your family and it's horrible so I've not been hanging out with her because I don't want to get her sick so it's just been me and my family, which is fine. I like my family. 
Um, but I think I think a lot of people are getting a little stir crazy lately because they've been forced to be you know inside and not around their friends lately because I think the whole friend thing is um, is is one of those things that's really important but I also think it's one of those things that we can uh, forget about and I really think like the face-to-face -face connection with your friends is important you've got a, you've got zoom calls being super popular lately where you call people like you know through zoom which is good uh, I'm sure people I've talked about social media before and Facebook and everything and I, I really don't think that is a stand-in for friendship I don't think going on Facebook and talking about whatever it is that you talk about is really a stand-in for actually spending quality time with your friends and family. That's not really how we developed, and that's not really how we evolved. Um, we need a more personal connection where, like, we're saying something and somebody's saying something back. You don't have that with social media in the same way. It's, it's more like you're standing up and speaking to a group of people rather than having a conversation with a single individual. Um, and I think that having a conversation with a single individual is important. So maybe I'll jump into that here for a second. Uh, when you spend all of your time alone, you kind of have like your own set of ideas and you hear things and you see things and you come up, come with your own con or come to your own conclusions. And if you're not spending time talking to other people um, and having conversations with other people, you really kind of like don't question those. E even if you try to really hard, I'm the type that tries to question my ideas and ideals, but it's really hard to objectively do that. Whereas if you have a friend who's like, uh, has an actual different opinion and they can sit down and say like, well, I think you're wrong here, then I feel like that is a really good thing to make sure that you don't sort of fall into your ways because if you sit down and try to question yourself more often than not what happens is you come up with straw man arguments you know you're like I think um, autonomy is the most important thing and you're like okay but I'm gonna be the other side and I'm gonna say the argument to that is slavery is economically viable and then you argue of why that's ludicrous well of course it is because you're gonna come up with a straw man argument that isn't actually a good argument it's just one that makes you feel like you proved yourself right Whereas, if you have actual friends that you're having, you know, maybe they, they would come up with an argument like, well, in some situations, limiting people's rights increases the safety of the entire society. And, the, and there's maybe a real argument. Now, granted, <laughs> I realize the irony of me literally coming up with a straw man argument in this situation. But, you know, maybe, there's, maybe that's a better argument and maybe there's some validity to it. And then you can really think like, okay, well, uh, sometimes maximizing autonomy leads to dangerous situations. And, th and then you ask yourself like, am I okay with that? Is that a trade-off that I'm actually willing to make? The, the idea of arguing with your friends is not actually to change your mind necessarily. You might. But the idea with, ar with arguing with your friends is to 
question your ideas and question your ideals and your beliefs. And hopefully your ideals and your beliefs can hold up to that scrutiny. And at the end of the day, you're like, you know what? I, I was right all along and I'm glad that I really put these through, um, through some sort of test so that I can really feel confident that I'm not just being ridiculous and set in my ways, but I'm really constantly questioning these. But that's one of the hugely important things that you need um, friends for. Because it's very easy to like get set in your ways and not question your own beliefs. But if you've got friends around, oftentimes it can be really good that they can help you question your beliefs. And, and I also think that's why it's good to have face-to-face -face conversations. I feel like disagreeing on the internet is really not the same thing. When you're just typing back and forth with somebody... It doesn't have the, I don't know what, maybe this is a me thing, but it doesn't seem to have the same weight as if you're actually talking to a person face to face. If you come up to me and say, I think you're wrong because of A, B, and C, that has more weight than if you type in in a paragraph, I think you're wrong because of A, B, and C. And again, even if you're typing, if you have like a, a good sound argument, that can still make me question my beliefs. Right? And it, and it should. But there is something about the face-to-face -face that just seems to make it more effective. So, again, I really like the face-to-face -face conversations, which, you know, are kind of difficult to have right now. Um, anyway, that's reason friendship is good. Uh, there's other reasons friendship is good. You have the whole idea that, uh, uh, besides questioning your beliefs, you have the whole idea that, like, you can collaborate with people. Um, I'm not super huge into this. I don't do an awful lot of collaboration, actually. Uh, probably should. Probably should do more collaboration. But, you know, you might be good at one thing, and your friend might be good at another thing. And if you work together, you'll make a product that's even better. I suppose anybody who lives with somebody else or is in some sort of a relationship, well, really even just lives with somebody else, even if you're like roommates... There's some amount of collaboration there because you probably break up the chores in some way or the other. Maybe I like loading the dishwasher because it doesn't bother me that much, but I hate putting the dishes away. So I can load the dishwasher and maybe my wife puts the dishes away. And maybe I fold the laundry and she mows the yard or, or whatever it is. There's certain chores around the house you are better at than the other person you're with, and you can kind of collaborate, if you will, to keep a clean house. And that's, that's a good thing to do. You can both be proud of it. So that's where you can collaborate. Or maybe you can do some other collaboration where you make something artistic or something along those lines, which would be great. Um, I, I would love to do some sort of collaboration with like a close friend or my wife or something where we like sit down and make something together. I, I think that could be super cool. And the reason it's cool is because you're not good at everything. Like, maybe you're a great, maybe you want to make a video game and you're a great programmer. I am not a great programmer, but if I was and I wanted to make a video game, maybe I could do that, but I would need my friend who's an artist to provide the art because I can't draw at all. And that's true. I really can't draw. So, so that'd be a cool collaboration. It's like, okay, friend, you can't program, but you can do art. I can program, but I can't do art. So you get together and then like you make this cool thing. And I mean, that's why the whole 
humans are social probably started in the first place because working together, we can each specialize these certain skills that we have and really focus in on our skills and make something way cooler than any either person could have done individually. Um, I am very much the type of person who wants to do everything on my own from scratch. Um, I like it probably too far. And sometimes I need to get over that because it is when we work together that we really do the best. I just watched this video. I like coffee. That's important. I just watched this video of how to make a cup of coffee from scratch. And it was a fun video because the guy like flew out to somewhere in somewhere in Mexico because that's the coffee beans he liked best. And he like went to the coffee farm and he like picked a pound of coffee, which took all morning. And then he like took the husks off and then he dried it. Then he went back home and he pulled the little outer skins off and then he roasted it on a pan on the stove and then he ground it up and he filtered it through a sock for some reason. I'm not sure about that. But anyway, then he like filtered it and then he like made a cup of coffee. It's like, I, look, I made my own cup of coffee from scratch. But if that's how you made coffee all the time, you, you get like one cup of coffee a year. It's just so much work. Whereas if you divide that labor up and you're like, okay, this person is going to grow the coffee beans, this second person, and grow and dry the coffee beans, let's say, this second person who has spent years studying how to roast coffee beans is going to roast the coffee beans because he's an expert on that. The grower is an expert. This guy probably didn't harvest them as well as the actual farmer did because the actual farmer or producer is an expert on that. This guy who's talking to had been doing it for 50 years. He knows what he's doing way better than you. This roaster knows what you're doing better than you. And then, you know, maybe you buy the coffee beans and you can make your own cup of coffee. I'm willing to do that much. I'll make my own cup of coffee in a whatever way you make a cup of coffee. Uh, Chemex is my personal favorite at this moment because it's neat. And I'll make my own cup of coffee. I'll brew my own beans, but I don't want to roast my own beans. And I just saw this thing online. You can, you can buy a coffee roaster and you can buy green beans and then roast the green beans in your green coffee beans and roast those in your coffee roaster. And I'm like, part of me wants to do it because I want to make the cup of coffee, quote unquote, from scratch. But the bigger part of me is like, somebody else is better. There is somebody else who roasts coffee beans professionally for a living and that's all they do and they're passionate about it and they could do a good job. And the coffee that I buy comes from a local roaster who I like to support and they, they do. They're really proud of their beans. They're passionate about them. They enter them into contests and sometimes they win. They're really good at roasting beans and they're really passionate about it. So I'm like, let them do that thing because that's because they're good at it and then I will just drink the coffee and enjoy it but then I will do something else that I'm good at and share that with society at large um, and then we all do our own special unique thing and overall it kind of makes the whole world a better place because as you really really focus and specialize in something you can make a better and better product there because you're not worrying about making your own coffee from scratch. You're not worrying about growing your own food from scratch. Which, do I have a garden? Yes, I have a garden. I love my garden. Will I, do I want a garden that 
feeds me and I only eat out of my garden, no, that takes too much work. And I have other things to do, which are maybe more important to me or I am more specialized in. So I'm actually giving more of a benefit by doing that rather than like being self-sufficient with my food. Is it cool to be self-sufficient? Yeah, of course it's cool to be self-sufficient. But society, a complex society where we like since base ships to Mars is not made by everybody being self-sufficient. It's made by us collaborating together societally and even on a personal friendship level. That's what makes the society that we have today. That's what makes the society that's great. And I'm classically an antisocial person. I always joke that I'm antisocial. And I'm more of an introvert than an, than an extrovert, like personality-wise. But I think it's, I do realize that though your alone time is extremely important, you should definitely value your alone time and have your alone time, there is a place for being social. There is a place for having friends. There is a natural desire to have friends, and it's there for a good reason. It is what made our society as big and popular and good as it is. And I understand there's a lot of problems with society. I'm I'm not disagreeing. There are problems. But overall, it's better than if we all lived alone. We do have you know, way better medical technology than we used to. We live longer. We have better health. If, if you compare where we are here, where we are right now today to where we were, I don't know, um, before complex society, or, or, you know, even just go back a couple thousand years and compare where we are today versus, versus where we were a couple thousand years ago, we're doing a lot better today. And I think that's because we are specializing and we are working together, ultimately. Yes, there's disagreements, but ultimately we are working together for the most part as people and specializing in things, which lets us do all of these cool things. And you see that in the lore, you see that in the sagas, you have people um, becoming friends, uh, friendship is important, the whole idea of giving gifts is hugely important. Um, there's a huge em emphasis on giving gifts and the lore. You know, you will see somebody and you'll give them a shield or an arm ring. When you see two people meet in uh, sagas, I'm talking about now, when you see two people's two people meet in the sagas, oftentimes they'll exchange like really good, expensive gifts. It's not like, oh, here's a here's here's a something small and insignificant like here's my favorite pocket knife i guess you can have it it's it's like gold arm rings and shields and and really significant things and the reason gift giving was so important is because they are our ancestors like us were very social and giving gifts is just one of many ways that you can sort of solidify a friendship and and keep a friendship going uh, so and, and, and then oftentimes these people would get together and maybe they would, um, now that they were good friends, they, they would do something important. Like they'd go off and explore someplace or maybe they'd go to war together, you know, expand their territory or, or whatever it was. They would oftentimes go and do something big and important. And to really make big changes, you need to surround yourself with some amount of friends and relatively close friends. You you really can't do anything in a vacuum. You have to like 
connect to people and have friends. And that's a hugely important thing. And how that whole like being social that really does start like way way back when you're a baby and you're you've got because that's your first relationship right the relationship with your mother and and then the relationship with your nuclear family as a whole and then later maybe your extended family and then later your relationship with like friends and stuff like that uh, you know at school you get friends and all of that stuff comes later uh but but those first few moments and those yeah those first few moments that relationship that you have with your nuclear family is so important because that's what sets the um sets the stage for all these other relationships you have later and and i think having a, a healthy relationship with your kids is kind of important because it's sort of how they're going to view how relationships work and you want them to have a positive view of how relationships work you don't want it to be uh, something negative something filled with like fear or or manipulation or anything like that you want it to be something positive so that they think a healthy because i think that your kids are going to think a healthy relationship and the relationships they have are going to be very similar to the relationship that you had with them. So you need to make that the ideal relationship. So that's what they shoot for and that's how they interact with people. You know, if the moment your kid is born, you start screaming at it, uh, which people don't do. But if they did, uh, I, I feel like that would be a really unhealthy way to view relationships. And when your kids, when your kids like grew up and had their own relationships, they might be in really like toxic relationships, and that ultimately doesn't get much done because those relationships don't really last and they're not really productive. Everybody's scared to say anything because the other person might explode. So like creativity doesn't happen there. So you want a good, loving, positive relationship for your kids. So, th so they'll go out and, and try to create relationships like that. And since that's what they're trying for, they'll get at least a decent amount of them. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's what I wanted to say. I just wanted to kind of talk about relationships and how relationships and being social and all of that stuff is hugely important to our society. And it's funny because we live in a day and age where it would actually be pretty easy to be completely separate from everybody. In this day and age, we really could survive on our own. Maybe you, you'd, you'd have to have a job of some sort to make money for your base uh, food or whatever. But then you don't really need friends outside of that if you're just worried about surviving. You don't really need any deep connections or even superficial connections to anybody. But we still go after that because we're just naturally drawn to have these connections with other people. Um, but I really do think that like having those connections with other people is sort of what we build the rest of our society on and how we make society as like good and powerful as it is today. So basically my whole thing is just relationships are important. Have good relationships. It, be a good friend. Be a good wife. Be a good husband. Um, be a good parent. Just like Remember that relationships are important, and this whole society we have is really built off of relationships. So, you know, take them seriously, and remember relationships are important. Um, I think that is it for me today. All right, well, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you got something out of that, and I'll be back 
next month. So until then, feel free to check out the website at www.huganhoff.org. Send me an email, huganhoffpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, that's it. I will talk to you next month. Frile.